Good morning to everyone. Thank you for being very patient while we get ready to offer some service here. My name is Rupa Nogadas. I'll be your host this morning for the Srimad Bhagavatam Discourse. So please get your copy of the Srimad Bhagavatam or go to vedabase.io. It's a cold, rainy morning here in Dallas, Texas. But unlike our brothers and sisters to the north, we're not facing a lot of snow and ice. So we consider ourselves blessed in that way. This morning's Bhagavatam discourse is going to be coming from the first canto, fifth chapter, and the text that we'll be concentrating on is number 16. So, 1, 5, 16. And our invocation now to the Supreme Lord. Jai Radha Jaya Gopi Janna Vallabha Girivada Dhari Jashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Jashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Jamuna Tila Banachari Jamuna Tila Banachari Jaya Radhamadhava Kunjabihari Jaya Ratamadava Kunjabihari Nitai Gaura Premananda Hari Hari Bhava Jayom Vishnupad Paramahamsa Padipajaka Charja Hasto Tarasata Sri Sri Mahara's Divine Loving Grace Abhaya Chanaravinda Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Jayom Vishnupad Paramahamsa Padipajaka Charja Asto Tarasata Sri Sri Mahara's Divine Grace Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Go Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki 
Anantakoti Vaishnavrindaki. Iskan BBT founder Acharya Srila Prabhupadaki. Iskan Guru Vrindaki. Premjago Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nitanda Shri Advaita Gadadha Shri Vasadi Gaura Bhakta Vrindaki. Shishi Radha Krishna Gopa Gopinath Shamakun Radakun Girikovadana Ki Shri Vandavanam Ki Shri Maturadam Ki Shri Mayapunabhadvidam Ki Shri Jagannath Puridam Ki Shishi Radha Kalachanjidam Ki Ganga Devi Ki Jamunamai Ki Tutsi Devi Ki Bhakti Devi Ki Samaveda Bhakta Vrindaki Brihat Madanga, Transcendental Book and Prasharam Distribution of Ki, Nitai Gaura Premananda, Sri Rupsi Sanatan Bhattaraganat, Sri Jiva Gopal Bhattadasaraganat, Sat Goswami Prabhu Ki Jai. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories, all glories, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Gauranga. Namo Vishnu Vadaya Krishna Pastaya Bhutalai Shambhati Bhakti Vedanta Swamaniti Namane Namaste Saraswati Devi Gaudabhari Pachanine Nivishesha Shunibhari Pashtata Deshitarine Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaivanarottamam Devim Saraswatim Yasun Tato Jayam Odirayat Nasta Prishvabhadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavat Yatama Shloke Bhakti Bhavati Nastiki The Spotless Purana Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai Oh, while it's on my mind too, there's a special person who is out probably driving a truck right now across the United States and it's a she and this is a, a let's see Sukshma Rupini Devidasi do you know her yeah she comes to visit us here in Dallas and she tells me that she sometimes listens in to the goings on here in the temple room in Dallas Texas so mother Sukshma Rupini Devidasi we're very pleased if we know that you're with us at least in thoughts. And we want you to be very careful out there driving today. Everyone else who's getting ready to go to work, uh, getting kids ready to go to school, we very much appreciate the fact that you've taken a little time out of your day to spend with us here. Even though you might not be personally present, at least you're listening in and joining us in our Discussion of the Spotless Purana Srimad Bhagavatam. Um, so that's always very nice to know. 
Also, uh, those of you who are listening in for the first time on the uh, archived audio of, of uh, the Dallas website, uh, we're very happy that you have chosen to come in after, sometime after the class has been com- concluded and uh, take a listen to what has been said and see if there's anything that might benefit you and your spiritual in- in- endeavors. So, Canto number 1, chapter 5, text number 16. I think we'll read this line by line and repeat each line as we usually do. Ananta parasya nivriti tasukam Pravartamanasya gunayranatmanas Tato bhavandasyaya chestitam bibho Vichakchano sharhati veditam vibhor Ananta parasya nivrittita shukam Pravartamanasya gunayaranatmanas Tato bhavandas chaya chistitam vibho. Chant, please. Word-for-word translations. Vichakshana, very expert. Asya, of him. Arhati, deserves. Veditum, to understand. Vipo, of the Lord. Anantaparasya, of the unlimited. 
nivritita, retired from, sukam, material happiness, pravartamanasya, those who are attached to, gunai, by the material qualities, anatmana, devoid of knowledge and spiritual value, Tata, therefore, Bhavan, your goodness, Darshaya, show the ways, Chastitam, activities, Vibho, of the Lord. Translation, by His Divine Grace, Aishi Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj, Sheila Prabhupada Kijai. The Supreme Lord is unlimited. Only a very expert personality, retired from the activities of material happiness, deserves to understand this knowledge of spiritual values. Therefore, those who are not so well situated due to material attachment should be shown the ways of transcendental realization by your goodness through descriptions of the transcendental activities of the Supreme Lord. Who knows the speaker of this text? The Transcendental Space Traveler, Sri Narad Muni. And who is the recipient of this? Srila Veda Vyas, Srila Krishna Dwaipayan Veda Vyasdev. So, Srila uh, Vyasdev has uh, compiled. Uh, the Vedas into four, into four parts. And he has written the Mahabharata, which is a history of the uh, Indian nation, the nation of India. So um, he is still dissatisfied. He's not pleased. He's not happy with what he's done. There's something lacking, and he can't figure out what it is. So at that time, at the, at the exact moment in time that he is, he is in a quandary, uh, Narada Muni shows up on the scene and becomes his spiritual master, takes the position of being the spiritual master of Srila Vyasadeva. So you can see the exalted position of Narada Muni. Purport by his divine grace, Srila Prabhupada. Theological science is a difficult subject, especially when it deals with the transcendental nature of God. It is not a subject matter to be understood by persons who are too much attached to material activities. Only the very expert who have almost retired from material activities, materialistic activities, by culture of spiritual knowledge, can be admitted to the study of this great science. In the Bhagavad Gita, it is clearly stated that out of many hundreds and thousands of men, only one person deserves to enter into the transcendental realization. And out of many thousands of such transcendentally realized persons, only a few can understand the theological science specifically dealing with God as a person. The theological science... Dealing with God as a person. Sri Vyasadeva is therefore advised by Narada 
to describe the science of God directly by relating his transcendental activities, relating Krishna's transcendental activities. Vyasadeva is himself a personality expert in this science, and he is unattached to material enjoyment. Therefore, he is the right person to describe it. And Shukadeva Goswami, the son of Vyasadeva, is the right person to receive it. What is that name for Shukadeva Goswami as the son of Vyasadeva? By Vaishan, no, it's not Vaishan, Payana. It'll come to me later, after class. Srimad Bhagavatam is the topmost theological science, and therefore it can react on the layman as medicinal doses because it contains the transcendental activities of the Lord. There is no difference between the Lord and the literature. The literature is the factual literary incarnation of the Lord. Srila Prabhupada says that lays it out. The Srimad Bhagavatam is the factual literary incarnation of the Lord. So in that regard, then, there is no difference between this book, the Srimad Bhagavatam, and the Lord himself. So the layman can hear the narration of the activities of the Lord, Thereby, they are able to associate with the Lord and thus gradually become purified from material diseases. The expert devotees can also uh, discover novel ways, novel ways and means to convert the non-devotees in terms of particular time and circumstance. Devotional service is dynamic activity. And the expert devotees can find out competent means to inject it into the dull brains of the materialistic population. Such transcendental activities of the devotees for the service of the Lord can bring a new order of life to the foolish society of materialistic men. Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his subsequent followers exhibited expert dexterity in this connection. By following the same method, one can bring the materialistic men of this age of quarrel into an order for peaceful life and transcendental realization. Om Ajnana Timirandasya Gyananjana Salakaya Chakshurun Militam Jaina Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Jaina Bhutale Swayam Rupahakada Maya Dadati Swabarantikam Bandeham Shri Guru Shri Dutta Padakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagudattam Sahagana Raganathan Vitam Tam Sajivam Savadvaitam Savadutam Padijana Sahitam Krishna Jaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakan Vitamscha He Krishna Karana Sindho Dinabandho Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostate Taptakanjana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye. 
Nama Om Vishnu Vadaya Krishna Pristaya Bhutale Srimate Tamal Krishna Gosamaniti Namane Jaya Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunitananda Sri Advaita Gadadha Sivasari Gaudabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Jaya Sri Bhagavatam there are a couple of, of major points uh, made in this text today uh, regarding the uh, knowledge of spiritual values. And uh, there's another point in here also. Uh, devotional service, the value of devotional service. So we, I, I thought we would uh, we'd talk about helping society by giving them something to hear about. So there are benefits that come from hearing the pastimes of Krishna. Um, generally speaking, most people are carrying in their own minds that which they have seen and heard in their everyday lives. And if they listen to the radio, or they, or they go on the internet, or they watch television, then everything that practically that they're going to hear about and see in videos is, is some activity in the material world. The, the activity of the modes of Krishna's material nature, um, and mixing up in various, varying degrees of intermixing, uh, and, and according to the type of person who is under those modes, uh, then it becomes apparent which mode is predominant. So people are being negatively influenced by hearing about these ordinary uh, daily experiences. Um, and if, if one listens too much to the national and international news on radio or television, then there is the tendency to become very despondent because one feels that I'm in a situation, the world is going to come to an end because there's so much quarrel and dissent. And if one, if one even goes back and reads some of the literatures or sees some program on television such as I did last night, I watched a, a segment on the Holocaust and and the way the Jewish people were rounded up throughout Eastern Europe, uh, rounded up by the German Nazis, and and sent to a place where they were uh, women, children, old people were put into a gas chamber and simply annihilated at the rate of five thousand a day. So that's it's pretty horrendous what went on. So it was, it's been said that something over six million persons of the Jewish background were killed uh, during World War II, and they had no idea what they had done wrong. And yet someone has decided that you could. So if, if, you, if this is the kind of thing that you hear or that you see on television, uh, then the, you, know, you can't help becoming a little discouraged that uh, you wonder, is God present? Has, has he abandoned us? And so they become very negatively influenced by what they hear. So in order to counteract 
that kind of discouraging influence, very disturbing uh, facts that come across the media that we have now, one must associate with Krishna by hearing of his pastimes. And there are examples of those who simply by hearing about Krishna became so attracted. Can, can anyone think of the name of one particular princess who became very much attracted to Krishna and, and sent a message to him to please come and kidnap me from my Swayamvara ceremony? Yes, please. Rukmini, principal queen of Dwaraka. Did you know also that Rukmini and, and is, appears in the Vrindavan pastimes, but in another form, Chandravali? Did you know that Satyabhoma, who is another principal queen of Krishna's in Dwaraka, also appears in the Vrindavan pastimes? Do you know what her name is in the Vrindavan pastimes? Radharani. <laughs> that's remarkable isn't it <clears throat> these are things that I've heard and I can't tell you where that is found but I suspect that is in the books that have been published by Shiva Ram Swami Maharaj so uh, just by hearing about Krishna's qualities and about his fame and about his beauty uh, uh, Srimati Rukmini Devi uh, became attracted to him and sent a message. Even though she was a young girl, she was a princess, but she was of marriageable age. And so her Swayambara ceremony was coming up. And, and, uh, and, and so she, her brother, Rukbi, wanted her to be married to his close friend, Shishapal. And so he had arranged that, uh, that, uh, uh, Rukmini's father then, would would be uh, married to Shishapal. They were hoping that he would be the one to take her from this Swayamvara ceremony. But instead, because Rukmini was so much desiring to have Krishna, the Supreme Lord, as her husband, she sent this message uh, by a Brahmin asking Krishna, please come and rescue me. And so what happened? Krishna came and grabbed her away from all those, just like a, 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 a piece of animal flesh is dragged away from jackals. So Rukmini was taken by the Supreme Personality of Godhead to become his principal bride in the new city of Dwaraka, which Krishna had built, had built by one of the architects of the demigods overnight. And had all of his relatives and friends that he wanted to carry with him brought from, uh, 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 let's see, uh, Matura. Matura. Uh, and so they went to sleep one night in Matura and they woke up the next morning in this amazing new city of Dwarakadam. And, uh, which uh, Krishna had had, has, had had constructed on a piece of land that jutted out into the into the ocean. So it was surrounded on most sides by ocean water. And that's where they found themselves. So just by their love of Lord Krishna and their meditating on him and his pastimes, so many people went from the city of Mathura uh, to Sri Dwarakadam 
where Krishna could defend them against the onslaughts of so many uh, heinous people who were trying to kill them, like Jarasandha. Um, so simply uh, by performing devotional service, also one can become purified. And it's a, there's the tendency to become entangled in material activities. And we have the example of the, of the arch enemy of the Pandava brothers, who was known as Duryodhan. And he had so much wealth at his disposal since his father, Dhritarashtra, the blind king, had usurped the position of, of, of emperor of the world after his brother uh, Pandava uh, gave up his life in an untimely way and left his five sons then uh, under the care of his two wives. And one of those wives wanted to uh, give up her body and go with her husband into the next life. And that person who uh, argued successfully was Madri, uh, the second wife of Pandava. And so she left then her two boys and and uh, also Kunti's three boys in the care of, of Queen Kunti. And then she and so Queen Kunti then has been he's she's been left alone to take care of these boys. So she had to move them from the beautiful mountain scenic place where there where where Pandava had taken his family to live among all the saintly persons who were in the Himalayas and and that she had to take them back to uh uh uh, uh let's see what is it uh what's the capital city Hastinapur that's right Hastinapur the land of the elephants Hasti and so Queen Kunti took her sons back there, and during their whole lifetime, they, they, even though they were very godly boys and very devoted to pious activities and to making the people of the kingdom happy, yet they had a rival for, uh, for Yudhisthira, the eldest of the Pandavas, had a rival in the personality of Duryodhan. And because Duryodhan's father was the one who was uh, acting as the emperor of the world, of course, then he had the advantage on them, on the Pandavas. So, but anyhow, just simply by becoming uh, uh, pure, uh, by performing pure devotional service, one cannot wind up as Duryodhan, and that is to become envious of others who who stand to have more than he has, who is loved by the people more than he is. And so uh, becoming in material activities, there it's said that they are troublesome from the beginning to the very end. And there's very little happiness that comes from performing materialistic activities. So many people find in the beginning of their uh, uh, introduction to devotional life, they find devotional activities to be seemingly ordinary. For example, if they, if we want to go out and help other people understand something about Krishna consciousness, the way we have done it in the past, the principal way that Srila Prabhupada established was to distribute his literatures that he wrote. And he, he translated so many books 
in his the last 12 years of his lifetime. It's just an amazing task that just cannot be equaled by any ordinary person. <clears throat> uh, uh, my spiritual master, Tamal Krishna Gosami Maharaj, uh, when he started back into school here at, at Southern Methodist University, he had already put into print Oh, one or two books, uh, The Servant of the Servant, which is a pretty major book based on the uh, the life and times of, of Srila Prabhupada and Tamal Krishna Goswami's activities as, as a young devotee. So uh, the, the activities that devotees took uh, initially when they first came into Krishna consciousness, especially many years ago, decades ago, uh, was to go out and distribute these literatures that Srila Prabhupada had so kindly prepared. <clears throat> because he Prabhupada's uh, reasoning was that if you simply try to talk to somebody, you're not going to be able to talk but maybe a minute, two minutes, three minutes, and then they're going to be gone. But if you can put a book into their hands, then they're going to be able to enter into the pastimes of the Supreme Lord, and they're going to find out what are the attractive qualities of that person uh, whom we call God. And for most people of other religions, there is not that much information about the person that we call God. As a matter of fact, some even uh, deny that this, this thing that we call God is a person. They say he's just energy. He's just intelligent energy out there. And when he wants to incarnate, he comes into this world and takes a material body, such as that of Jesus Christ. Uh, but uh, the literatures, the Vedic literatures, uh, don't agree with that point of view. Because God is eternally a person, according to the Vedas. And when he comes into this world, he comes in his original form or one of the other forms of the avatars that he, he takes and, and performs all kinds of wonderful, exciting activities which are non-ordinary. And they will help to take away the minds of those persons then who have, who have uh, come into this material world thinking there's happiness to be found. And going up among other people who reinforce that idea that if you just work hard and try hard, if you study hard in school, if you get the degree, if, if we're able to send you to a prestigious college or university and you work hard there also, you're going to come out with all the qualifications that you need to be successful. And because you're going to become successful monetarily, then you're also going to be happy. And that's absolutely wrong. It's just wrong. And yet people, you know, they come into this world and that's what they think. So we, uh, one way of seeing, uh, learning that the devo devotional activities are not ordinary is that we perform them with those persons who are more advanced on the spiritual path than we are. And when we see uh, the, the activities that they do and that the, the words that they speak, then gradually, gradually, we begin to see those devotional activities as being unordinary. 
And so Krishna has, has, when he comes into this world, he has, he brings his entourage with him. And a lot of these appear as young boys and young girls in the place we know as Vrindavan, Goloka Vrindavan. And they also think of Krishna as being a rather ordinary person until a, a, a gigantic demon of some kind comes in the form of a gigantic snake or as a witch uh, who comes as a beautiful woman or a, 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 a demonic person who takes the, uh, takes the body along with several of his friends as asses who are gigantic in size and they try to destroy Krishna and Krishna kills them all with very with with no difficulty whatsoever it's just play it's nothing more than just play and so we think well you know nobody who is a human being could perform activities like that this is just mythological <clears throat> but when they understand that this little boy who is killing all these gigantic demons and and swallowing a whole forest fire at one time to save his friends that he actually is the creator of innumerable universes and all the planets therein. And then he also is the source of all the living entities that go into those, those universes to try to find some happiness. They have come from the spiritual world where they were always surrounded by happiness, but out of curiosity or out of a little bit of enviousness of Krishna being always the center of attention in the spiritual world. Then they got the opportunity to come into this material energy of the Lord and just see if they can have as much fun as they thought they could. So what devotees want to do then is to transform other people in their society. Um, and they, uh, most people then we find performing all these materialistic activities Believe in only that which is perceived by the senses. So if they can't see it, hear it, smell it, touch it, taste it. And if they can't reason it out in their mind, then it just simply does not exist. So they experience, they go through life experiencing the boredom of material activities of work and play. And in both, in both the work and their recreation, they are bored. They don't find satisfaction that soothes the soul because it can't. It's material stuff, it's material activities, and there's boredom involved because they have seen the same thing over and over and over again. And even though they might have a wonderful relationship with a beautiful woman or a handsome man that they call their husband or their wife, Still, after some period of time, they become bored with this person because they realize that he's just very ordinary or that she is just very ordinary. And all that beauty will last for a time, but then it begins to fade away. And so uh, it, a lot of times we've heard of a midlife crisis in which men and women uh, come to some point in their lives when they begin to look outside their relationship with their spouse uh, for something else that is exciting, something that can take their minds away from the boredom. And then they also turn to intoxication to relieve the boredom of materialistic life. So that is that's the nature of this material energy that we find ourselves in, that if we simply try to use it 
to increase our position in society or to increase the amount of luxury that we can offer our family members and thereby we're going to get happiness, uh, then we find that, uh, that it just doesn't work. It just does not work. And so we, uh, as devotees then, we try to introduce those persons to devotional life. And this today, now in this day and time, in this 20th, 21st century, this is a really good time to approach people with some idea that there is a, there is something better. There's a better world that they don't have access to, that they can't get into with their present uh, activities and their present level of knowledge. So, devotees then try to introduce the, all the people they come into contact with into devotional life. And what is the reason? So they can get their money, right? <laughs> no. Some people think that that's the reason devotees go out and, and sell various things to try to build temples and and support farm projects and do these things. And they think, well, they're doing nothing more than the average uh, uh, used car salesman. All they want is my money. And and yet, uh, it is only out of compassion for these poor conditioned souls who are bored to death with their lives and always wanting some some change so that they can become at least their senses can become titillated again, and then they think about that little bit of pleasure as being happiness. And so, we have observed then, uh, since the coming of Srila Prabhupada, and the, uh, the introduction of his disciples to just hundreds and thousands of persons around the globe, uh, to devotional life, to spiritual life, to understand what it means to serve the Supreme Lord and to understand that at the end of this lifetime, one has to go somewhere. So it might as well be back to the spiritual world from which we came. So this is the, this is the intent of the devotees that they, uh, that they try to spread the knowledge and, and they observe that in society, there are some signs that change is coming about. For example, many of you have probably already heard uh, many advertisements on radio and television about fast food places uh, offering plant-based options, which back in the 1970s would have been just a fad, and everybody knew that it wasn't going to last. They knew that, it, you know, as soon as people tried these other options to their diet, they were going to very shortly give them up because they would not be getting the same amount of pleasure as eating a piece of great big nice juicy piece of animal flesh between two pieces of bread and so we see that that is that is happening now and we've heard about it these you know name brand places that have made millions and millions of dollars off selling the flesh of innocent animals that have been killed in horrendous slaughterhouses now, those places are now offering a plant-based option. Why? Because people have found out that, hey, I might be able to live 10 years longer if I cut back on all this fatty food and sugar and salt that I've been taking into my body. And our our god sister... Uh, um, Jai Shirate gave a very interesting class. If you not, didn't hear that class yesterday, 
I strongly uh, suggest to you that you go to the um, uh, com and uh, and then follow the menu, find the menu, follow the menu down to media, and then punch the media button and go to the archived, the audio archives, and listen to some of the classes that have been given recently during the past two or three weeks, well, ever since the first of the year. We've had all kinds of, of impressive speakers come and share their knowledge with us and their enthusiasm for performing these devotional activities. So uh, one of the things that uh, Sri Jaishi Radhe Devi is interested in, uh, since she's a medical doctor by trade, and uh, she she her her job is to try to help people not only to become well, but to uh, to introduce them. Uh, to a, a type of, of lifestyle, including the change in diet, uh, that she knows can be, can be beneficial to these people. So these plant-based options are really good. Some persons are taking an interest in yoga because their bodies become racked with pain as the years go by and they have bad diets and, and they have crummy activities. Their bodies begin to hurt, and so they look for some we, some means of alleviating that pain. And so many of them have, have followed the medical advice of most practitioners in the medical business, and that is they have they they've succumbed to taking the uh, the opioids, which now is is become like an epidemic in this country. So many people have become so hooked on opioids to get some relief from the pain. But those that have some intelligence then and have the means to do so are going to yoga classes and finding ways. And this is going on even in China. So the devotees in China can can even go to a yoga studio and present transcendental knowledge. And I've, I've done this myself in, in, uh, in, even in mainland China. Gone to a yoga studio and, and, and then, uh, and I've observed how the other devotees who have, who have moved to Taiwan or to Hong Kong or one other place in mainland China, I've observed how they also are using, they're having to be very careful and they're having to use very good intelligence to find a way to present knowledge about the Supreme Lord. Uh, so that the government doesn't intercept them and, and either throw them out of the country or if they happen to be residents there, throw them into prison. But we see that that is the interest in yoga as a means of relieving one's pains, physical pains, is, is taking place now. The interest is increasing, not only in this country, but in other countries throughout the world. I tell you one one of the one of the um, impetuses that we have also for, for for that everybody has in the in this material country that we're in in the United States of America uh, one of the great uh, uh, impetuses that we have to uh, to to go with something else is is our, our present uh, government government we had it's making it, it's making it so difficult. Not only in this country, but throughout the world, for people to live peacefully uh, and not always have to be worried. As in the past century, the whole century was just filled from beginning to end with conflicts, military conflicts, 
and the, this president administration that we have is 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 pandering to the desires of the industrialists who create all of this material, this wartime material, and the uh, and the machinery to transport it, and that and so it's a huge industry. And the, where is the money coming from to pay for it? Taxpayers, U.S. taxpayers. And so the people of America now are becoming tired of that. They want to see the people who are here in our country, who are left behind in society, the ones who are some disadvantaged because either of their race or their ethnic group that they belong to. They want to see those persons out first. And as far as security is concerned, they would like to see all of our military brought back and just protect our borders. All of our borders, they need protecting because we have persons that want to come in and do a harm to America. And mainly because, not because of the way the, the American people act toward them, but with the way our, our government acts toward them. And so uh, we're very much interested then in, in counteracting the effects of these materialistic leaders that we have. And certainly the only way that Srila Prabhupada and the Vedic literatures say that this is possible is to, uh, is to have godly leaders. In other words, instead of having people uh, elected democratically on the basis of all kinds of promises that are rarely kept, uh, the Vedic literature suggests that we, uh, we get a king to, to a godly king, a Raj, Raj Rishi, uh, to come and take over our government and, and help to lead the people in the ways of, of righteousness. Just as King Yudhisthira did with the people of India when he eventually became the, uh, the emperor of the entire world. And he was able to accomplish that by turning people back towards spiritual lives. Another, uh, another, uh, uh, um, uh, another, um, Let's see, I've already used the word impetus, but another reason, I guess we can say, that we want to change things now and reawaken the spiritual life in the persons of the United States and other countries as well is because of the pollution that has been caused by the industrialization that started way back in the 1800s. Because anywhere that some product is, is mass-produced, there's all kinds of waste products that have to be dealt with. And in the past, the way that uh, many industries have dealt with them is just to uh, pump the liquids into a lake, like the Lake Superior, Lake Erie, you know, those big lakes that are between us and Canada, the United States and Canada, or to dump them into rivers or, or streams, that lead into the rivers, that lead into the ocean. So we find, and a lot of people have, have heard about this now and become very concerned that uh, there's so much waste that is going into our streams and going into the earth and places there, uh, you know, there are places where houses are built on top of a site that, uh, that uh, uh, gas, the gas radon 
is entering into the houses, making it, making people sick, making it impossible for them to stay there. So all of the difficulties that are coming about by a materialistic society have given us the desire and the motivation uh, to bring about a change in the consciousness of people because simply by changing the persons who are elected to our governmental positions, we have seen that that's not really going to change things. I, I remember the statement someone made about Prabhupada. Uh, they they uh, came to Srila Prabhupada and said, uh, Srila Prabhupada, what, what do you think about this person that's just been elected as the Prime Minister of India? And Prabhupada did not say anything negative, but he said, the man may be good, but the machine is bad. Therefore, there will be no change. And so the devotees of Krishna then are, are interested in change, very much interested in change. But we're not interested just in a change of political party. We're not interested in a, in a change in, in how the money is, is, is thrown away by our government. Uh, trying to uh, trying to satisfy the industrialists who want the natural products, the uh, natural resources of another country, and therefore they want our government to go into war so that we can gain access to those resources. No, that's not what the devotees want. We want our country to be satisfied with a gain that comes of its own accord. We don't mind to work hard. Devotees don't mind to work hard. But they want to work for something that is going to bring happiness and peace in our society. And therefore, uh, the devotees then recommend two things. One is to hear about the pastimes of the Supreme Lord so that you can become attracted to those pastimes and that your mind can be taken away from all the materialistic activities that currently now occupy the minds of people. And the other means is by engaging in devotional service to that Supreme Lord. And in order to be able to do that successfully, most people then need the association of advanced devotees. So if we can, if we can bring about some change in this material world, uh, by changing people's hearts over to uh, wanting to wanting to believe in the Supreme Lord and to perform some devotional service for Him, then I think we can say if we are if we're successful in doing that, we can say that we have paid back at least a little bit of our debt to His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, who brought this knowledge to this country in 1965 at, at an advanced age of life and spent the rest of his life, the next 12 years, in going all over the world trying to introduce Krishna consciousness to everybody in the world. So if we can help him in that regard, we can consider ourselves to be a little bit successful. Hare Krishna. Comments or questions, please? Hi, Krishna Babu. Thank you so much for your inspiring class. I, um, in the purport there, Srila Prabhupada speaks about how devotees are um, meditating on, I can't remember the exact words, but contemplating different novel ways 
to somehow or other inject Krishna consciousness into the hearts of conditioned souls. I was wondering if you have have any from your own experiences with uh, Srila Gurudev, if you have any, can share with us any examples of how Tamal Krishna uh, Maharaj uh, was thinking along those lines of presenting Christian consciousness in novel ways. One of the, yes, thank you very much for that question about my spiritual master, Tamal Krishna Goswami. One of the, one of the uh, decisions that he made uh, in cooperation with the group of advanced devotees that we had here in uh, 1979-1980, one of the decisions he made was that instead of trying to uh, live communally, as Srila as Prabhupada had been successfully in getting his early disciples to do, uh, uh, Tamal Krishna Goswami came to, uh, by observing how other religious groups have been successful in this country, he, he made the decision that all householders should go out and get jobs to support their families. Now, there were some who, uh, who already had some significant way to support their families working within ISKCON. But many people did not have such a position. And so here in 1980, in this, in this community, uh, we did not have the income to support a large number of householders. And so uh, it was. It was. Uh, it was too much of a burden on a few people going out and doing uh, devotional activities to uh, collect some money to help support the community. So he made the change that uh, the householders should go out if they could. If they could perform some devotional activity and support their their householder households in that way, then fine. But if they could not, they should go out and get a job based on maybe some expertise that they had already, some college degree they had, some knowledge by which they could earn some money, and support their families. And that way, then the wives and the children would be comfortable and would be secure and safe. And whatever time that the the spouse had that he or she could devote to helping here in the temple activities themselves. That would be very nice. So that's one of the changes that he made. In other words, this was kind of a novel way of thinking in ISKCON back in 1978, right after Prabhupada's departure in 77. And uh, there was, Tamal Krishna Goswami got a lot of criticism for, for making that decision. And he was criticized in other ways as well. Whenever we were trying to raise funds to uh, re- renovate our temple building, this temple itself, and to establish a restaurant here. Uh, uh, he, he saw that by distributing books in, in the airports, uh, Hare Krishna was getting a bad reputation. We were getting bad rap by the people in society around here and in other places around the United States. He stopped book distribution in the airports, therefore. And he received a lot of criticism for that. But you have to remember that he was one of the first persons to go out and distribute big books. 
instead of just magazines when in the early days of Srila Prabhupada's presence here. So for him to now to stop the distrib- distribution of books in the airport, well, we were practically forced to anyhow because the airports really clamped down on us because they, they thought that we were disturbing the passengers. That's, that's the word that they got. So that was, a, that was another activity that he performed. And so uh, he, we had to find some other means to raise money to, uh, to renovate this temple building. Well, at that time, during the early 1980s, from 1980 to 1985, there was an oil boom in Texas and Oklahoma and our surrounding areas, Louisiana and other places. And so uh, people were making more money at that time and buying houses and fixing them up than they had had ever before, especially people here in Texas. And so what we began doing was importing decorator-quality artwork from the Orient and and selling it and uh, for make to make a profit. And many of us in the community did that in our spare time, uh, you know, like on the weekends when we had the time available and we were not supporting our families. Or some people just, uh, you know, made that their full-time activities. And, and so, uh, so anyhow, the money came in for supporting this project. We tried to buy a farm also up in Oklahoma. But because of what we, what we know is the guru reform movement, uh, a lot of people became disenchanted and, and left ISKCON at that time. And that was true here in Dallas also. So we were just left with a core group of uh, a few single persons and, and a bunch of householders. And so the householders had to do whatever's necessary to try to keep this project going, keep it alive, because our spiritual master asked us to do so. And as a result, this temple became completely renovated due to the uh, work of a lot of, of not just a small group of men, men devotees here. But the money had to come in, and a lot of the ladies who had children went out and they worked very hard and sometimes left their children in the care of someone else all day long. And they would do that day after day uh, uh, just to try to raise the money to keep the construction group going in here and renovating this temple. So eventually it became the beautiful place that it is now. And it could not have happened if if, if our, our spiritual leader at that time, Tamal Krishna Goswami, had not had the foresight uh, to realize that it's going to take more than just going out and distributing books right now to accomplish what we want to accomplish. And besides the, the people in the society, getting it, we're, they're, we're getting a bad name, and that's not good. So he, he, uh, he then uh, had this ten, the temple. He inspired the renovation of this temple, uh, the, the starting of the restaurant over here in the early 80s, and people began to come from all over the Metroplex. All of it, you know, there's something like, I don't know how many people down in the Metroplex, 10 million maybe. And people started coming from all different corners of the Metroplex because enough information had gone out about the benefits of a vegetarian diet. That Kalachandi's restaurant became known at one time as the uh, best vegetarian restaurant in the southwestern United States by Vegetarian Times magazine. And we had, we had all, we had, in, you know, some impressive pe- people with uh, impressive qualifications. We had actors 
and and uh, musicians come here to visit the Kalachanji's restaurant whenever they'd be performing down here in the big Coliseum in Dallas. They would come over here, or they, or at one time we had uh, uh, one of our men here, uh, Sulanda Prabhu. He would he would prepare very nice prasadam and carry it out to them, so they didn't have to come to the restaurant if they were putting on a show there. All of these things were inspired by His Holiness Tamal Krishna Goswami, and uh, he he got a lot of a lot of bad you know, talking about him. He was accused of all kinds of things around Iskan. But eventually, um, he, he was exonerated from all that. He, people began to see him as, as, as one of the principal leaders. And he wasn't the only one. We had lots and lots of men who were able to maintain their vows as sannyasis, as spiritual masters within Iskan. But the naysayers would have you believe that, oh, you know, everybody's is just going to hell. It's no good. We're leaving. And so they packed up and left. And, you know, and, and what, what happened after Prabhupada's departure? Uh, did, did we stop making devotees? We stopped building temples? No, it increased. All over the world it increased. And you had people like Indra Swami going over to, uh, uh, what was it, Poland? And you had uh, 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 Shiva Ramaraj going to Poland, um, and and uh, what did I say? say? No, Hungary. That's right, Hungary. Uh, Shiva Ramaraj uh, went to Hungary. Uh, Indrajit Swami went on and 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 put on a program over there. What they what they called the what do we call it? The um, they called it Woodstock. The Polish Woodstock, <laughs> and and so you know, hundreds of thousands of people came to those productions, and they had a stage over there, and they had young Western men and women, and Indian men and women, you know, who performing on the stage, and and it just attracted so. So these are ways that people have that the devotees, the disciples of Srila Prabhupada have found to increase the distribution of interest and literature in Krishna consciousness. And it's, it's just an amazing thing, and it continues to this day. Of course, some of those men are getting to be in their six, late 60s, early 70s now. And uh, some of them have already departed from this world. Gunagraya Maharaj, I'm thinking of right now, uh, 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 who was the jolly sannyasi? What was his name? Sridhar Swami. Yeah, Prabhupada's disciple, Sridhar Maharaj. Yeah, these people, they, you know, they've already left, and there are others that are leaving, and uh, they'll continue. So it's it, it's up to the young men and women who are now the great grand disciples of Srila Prabhupada. Uh, to come in and take take a leading role, and they may have to make decisions which are different from those which were made in the past, according to time, place, and circumstance. It, we we only have we we can only be encouraged by what we see happening. Just because you know people say, well, you know things are just. As a matter of fact, one of one of Tamal Krishna Goswami's God brothers came to him one time. And he said, you know, he said, Goswami Maharaj, things are just not the same since Prabhupada left. And and Goswami Maharaj told him, he says, what, what do you mean 
Prabhupada left. Uh, how could he, how is it that he left? He, because preaching is still going on. Books are still being distributed. Temples are being opened all over the world. How could this go on if Prabhupada left? He just disappeared from our vision, but he hasn't left. He's still running Iskon. Iskon is, is his life. So I, I think that we only can be encouraged by what we see happening around us. No need to be discouraged. No need to become despondent. If you, if you're, if you feel that you're becoming discouraged or despondent, maybe it's because you have stopped doing something that you were doing in the past that, uh, uh, that, uh, that caused you to be very enthusiastic about Krishna consciousness. Anything else? Thank you, everyone, for joining us this morning. It's been it's been a, a pleasure. I hope it's been beneficial to you in helping you get you know get bolstered in your in your spiritual life so that you make through the rest of the week. This is Wednesday Hump Day, only two more days to go, and so I'm I'm hoping that everybody is very pleased right now with uh, with your participation in and your knowledge of Krishna consciousness. And so uh, we offer our respectful obeisances to the Srimad Bhagavatam and to Srila Prabhupada and to all the Vaishnav devotees of the Lord who just like desire trees, who fulfill the desires of everyone and who are full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Vanchakal Patarubhyascha Kripa Sindhubi Evacha Paditanam Bhavanevyo Vaishnavyo Namo Namaha Anantakoti Vaishnavrindaki Jai Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Shishi Radha Kalachanjidam ki jai, Gora Pramana Haribo.